Chapter Thirty of Gargantua and Pantagruel, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Gargantua and Pantagruel, Book Two, by Francois Rabelais, translated by Sir Thomas Urquhart of Cromarty and peter anthony motte chapter thirty how epistemon who had his head cut off was finely healed by panurge and of the news which he brought from the devils and of the damned people in hell this gigantal victory being ended pantagruel withdrew himself to the place of the flagons and called for panurge and the rest who came unto him safe and sound except eusthenes whom one of the giants had scratched a little in the face whilst he was about the cutting of his throat and epistemon who appeared not at all whereat pantagruel was so aggrieved that he would have killed himself but panurge said unto him nay sir stay a while and we will search for him amongst the dead and find out the truth of all thus as they went seeking after him they found him stark dead with his head between his arms all bloody then eusthenes cried out oh cruel death hast thou taken from me the perfectest among men at which words pantagruel rose up with the greatest grief that ever any man did see and said to panurge oh my friend the prophecy of your two glasses and the javelin staff was a great deal too deceitful but panurge answered my dear bullies all weep not one drop more for he being yet all hot i will make him as sound as ever he was in saying this he took the head and held it warm for against his codpiece that the wind might not enter into it eusthenes and carpalin carried the body to the place where they had banqueted not out of any hope that ever he would recover but that pantagruel might see it nevertheless panurge gave him very good comfort saying if i do not heal him i will be content to lose my head which is a fool's wager leave off therefore crying and help me then cleansed he his neck very well with pure white wine and after that took his head and into it synapized some powder of diamerdis which he always carried about him in one of his bags afterwards he anointed it with i know not what ointment and set it on very just vein against vein sinew against sinew and spondyl against spondyl that he might not be wry-necked for such people he mortally hated 
this done he gave it round about some fifteen or sixteen stitches with a needle that it might not fall off again then on all sides and everywhere he put a little ointment on it which he called resuscitative suddenly epistemon began to breathe then opened his eyes yawned sneezed and afterwards let a great household fart whereupon panurge said now certainly he is healed and therefore gave him to drink a large full glass of strong white wine with a sugared toast in this fashion was epistemon finely healed only that he was somewhat hoarse for above three weeks together and had a dry cough of which he could not be rid but by the force of continual drinking and now he began to speak and said that he had seen the devil had spoken with lucifer familiarly and had been very merry in hell and in the elysian fields affirming very seriously before them all that the devils were boon companions and merry fellows but in respect of the damned he said he was very sorry that panurge had so soon called him back into this world again for said he i took wonderful delight to see them how so said pantagruel because they do not use them there said epistemon so badly as you think they do their estate and condition of living is but only changed after a very strange manner for i saw alexander the great there amending and patching on clouts upon old breeches and stockings whereby he got but a very poor living <laughs> xerxes was a crier of mustard romulus a salter and patcher of patterns <laughs> numa a nailsmith tarquin a porter piso a clownish swain <laughs> sulla a ferryman cyrus a cowherd themistocles a glass-maker <laughs> epaminondas a maker of mirrors or looking-glasses <laughs> brutus and cassius surveyors or measurers of land <laughs> demosthenes a vine-dresser cicero a fire-kindler fabius a threader of beads artaxerxes a rope-maker aeneas a miller achilles was a scald-pated maker of hay-bundles agamemnon a lick-box ulysses a hay-mower nestor a door-keeper or forester darius a gold-finder or chicks farmer ancus martius a ship-trimmer camillus a foot-post marcellus a sheller of beans drusus a taker of money at the doors of playhouses <coughs> scipio africanus a crier of lee in a wooden slipper 
asdrubal a lantern-maker hannibal a kettle-maker and seller of eggshells priamus a seller of old clouts lancelot of the lake was a flayer of dead horses all the knights of the round table were poor day-labourers employed to row over the rivers of cocytus phlegeton styx acheron and lethe when my lords the devils had a mind to recreate themselves upon the water as in the like occasion are hired the boatmen at lyon the gondoliers of venice and oars at london but with this difference that these poor knights have only for their fare a pop or flirt on the nose and in the evening a morsel of coarse mouldy bread <laughs> trajan was a fisher of frogs and ninus a lackey commodus a jet-maker pertinax a peeler of walnuts lucullus a maker of rattles and hawks bells justinian a pedlar hector a snap-sauce scullion <laughs> paris was a poor beggar cambyses a mule-driver ah nero a base blind fiddler or player on that instrument which is called a wind-brooch was his serving-man who did him a thousand mischievous tricks and would make him eat of the brown bread and drink of the turned wine when himself did both eat and drink of the best <laughs> julius caesar and pompey were boatwrights and titers of ships valentine and orson did serve in the stoves of hell and were sweat-rubbers in hot-houses. Giglon and Gauvillon Gauvin were poor swineherds. Geoffrey with a great tooth was a tinder-maker and seller of matches. Ha! Godfrey de Bouillon, a hood-maker. Jason was a bracelet-maker. Don Pietro de Castile, a carrier of indulgences morgan a beer brewer huon <laughs> mm. <sighs> of bordeaux a hooper of barrels pyrrhus a kitchen scullion antiochus a chimney-sweeper octavian a scraper of parchment <laughs> nerva a mariner pope julius was a crier of pudding pies but he left off wearing there his great buggerly beard <laughs> john of paris was a greaser of boots arthur of britain an ungreaser of caps persforet a carrier of faggots pope boniface the eighth a scammer of pots pope nicolas the third a maker of paper pope alexander a rat-catcher ah pope sixtus an anointer of those that have the pox what said pantagruel have they the pox there too ah surely said epistemon i never saw so many 
there are there i think above a hundred millions for believe that those who have not had the pox in this world must have it in the other cot's body said panurge then i am free for i have been as far as the whole of gibraltar reached unto the outmost bounds of hercules and gathered of the ripest eugier <coughs> <coughs> the dane was a furbisher of armour the king tigranes a mender of thatched houses gallien restored a taker of mouldwarps the four sons of Emon were all tooth-drawers pope calixtus was a barber of a woman's sine qua non pope urban a bacon-picker melusina was a kitchen drudge-wench matabrune a laundress cleopatra a crier of onions helen a broker for chambermaids semiramis the beggar's lice-killer dido did sell mushrooms penthesilea sold cresses lucretia was an alehouse keeper hortensia a spinstress livia a greater of verdigree <coughs> after this manner those that had been great lords and ladies here got but a poor scurvy wretched living there below and on the contrary the philosophers and others who in this world had been altogether indigent and wanting were great lords there in their turn i saw diogenes there strut it out most pompously and in great magnificence with a rich purple gown on him and a golden sceptre in his right hand and which is more he would now and then make alexander the great mad so enormously would he abuse him when he had not well patched his breeches <laughs> for he used to pay his skin with sound bastinados <coughs> i saw epictetus there most gallantly apparelled after the french fashion sitting under a pleasant arbour with store of handsome gentlewomen frolicking drinking dancing and making good cheer with abundance of crowns of the sun above the lattice were written these verses for his device to leap and dance to sport and play and drink good wine both white and brown or nothing else do all the day but tell bags full of many a crown when he saw me he invited me to drink with him very courteously and i being willing to be entreated we tippled and chopined together most theologically in the meantime came cyrus to beg one farthing of him for the honour of mercury therewith to buy a few onions for his supper no no said epictetus i do not use in my almsgiving to bestow farthings hold thou valet there's a crown for thee be an honest man 
cyrus was exceeding glad to have met with such a booty but the other poor rogues the kings that are there below as alexander darius and others stole it away from him by night i saw patelin the treasurer of radamantus who in cheapening the pudding pies that pope julius cried asked him how much a dozen three blanks said the pope nay said patelin three blows with a cudgel lay them down here you rascal and go fetch more the poor pope went away weeping who when he came to his master the pie-maker told him that they had taken away his pudding-pies whereupon his master gave him such a sound lash with an eel-skin that his own would have been worth nothing to make bagpipe bags of <laughs> i saw master john le maire there personate the pope in such fashion that he made all the poor kings and popes of this world kiss his feet and taking great state upon him gave them his benediction saying get the pardons rogues get the pardons they are good cheap i absolve you of bread and pottage and dispense with you to be never good for anything then calling cahier and triboulet to him he spoke these words my lords the cardinals dispatch their bulls to wit to each of them a blow with a cudgel upon the reins which accordingly was forthwith performed i heard master francis villon ask xerxes how much the mess of mustard a farthing said xerxes to which the said villon answered the pox take thee for a villain as much of square-eared wheat is not worth half that price and now thou offerest to enhance the price of victuals <laughs> with this he pissed in his pot as the mustard-makers of paris used to do <coughs> i saw the trained bowman of the bathing-tub known by the name of francarchet de Bagnolet, who being one of the trustees of the inquisition when he saw perceforet making water against a wall in which was painted the fire of st anthony declared him heretic and would have caused him to be burnt alive had it not been for morgan who for his proficiat and other small fees gave him nine tons of beer <coughs> well said pantagruel reserve all these fair stories for another time only tell us how the usurers are there handled i saw them said epistemon all very busily employed in seeking of rusty pins and old nails in the kennels of the street as you see poor wretched rogues do in this world 
but the quintal or hundredweight of this old ironware is there valued but as the price of a cantle of bread and yet they have but a very bad dispatch and riddance in the sale of it thus the poor misers are sometimes three whole weeks without eating one morsel or crumb of bread and yet work both day and night looking for the fair to come nevertheless of all this labour toil and misery they reckon nothing so cursedly active are they in the prosecution of that their base calling in hopes at the end of the year to earn some scurvy penny by it <coughs> come said pantagruel let us now make ourselves merry one bout and drink my lads i beseech you for it is very good drinking all this month then did they uncase their flagons by heaps and dozens and with their leaguer provision made excellent good cheer but the poor king anarchus could not all this while settle himself towards any fit of mirth whereupon panurge said ah, of what trade shall we make my lord the king here that he may be skilful in the art when he goes thither to sojourn amongst all the devils of hell <laughs> indeed said pantagruel that was well advised of thee do with him what thou wilt i give him to thee gramercy said panurge the present is not to be refused and i love it from you <laughs> end of chapter thirty